and welcome to Expansion Pack, uh, exclusive Patreon members only, super secretive monthly episode about more focused topics that aren't about whatever the news is and all that. But this one kind of goes like the news. Uh, we're, we're your hosts. I'm Trey. I'm Jeremy. I'm John. We're on a first name basis here on the expansion pack, so no last yeah, names. You, it. you don't need them. Mm-hmm. If you hear any sort of uh, rumbling in the background or whatever, I'm at my sister's house. I'm babysitting her two dogs, so that's what that uh, noise is. So they're guesting on the podcast, too. I don't mind a little puppy sounds in my podcasting. <laughs> well, uh, this month, due to uh, the release of... There's a bunch of racing stuff going on in the Switch world. We got new tracks coming out for Mario Kart. We got uh, we got F Zero X on N64 on the other expansion pack, the Nintendo one. We started ours way before they did, so there you yeah. go. Not, I mean, not their official official hardware expansion pack, but the you know online service or whatever. And us and ours is still much cheaper, as we say in the commercial. But yeah, since uh, and Chocobo Racing also, since there's a lot of mostly Chocobo Racing was what inspired me to do this but we thought we'd do a little talk here about our favorite racing games that aren't mario kart and aren't on the nintendo switch already so it's pretty much like i guess it's kind of like our n64 episode that we did or the n64 genesis where we talked about games that we want to see on switch but there's some racing games that should be on switch that aren't there and also some of my favorites so i don't know i was thinking about it the other day and i like fell asleep and i had a dream about this rare game that never existed called chaos rider i put, I put it in the slack that was awesome which was a game boy game but it only played through the n64 connector and you could play it on f-zero <laughs> like as a so you had to own f-zero x as well with it it was pretty ridiculous it's because i was listening to that um i was listening to a retronauts episode about uh the game boy advance link before oh, i went okay. to bed and they were talking about all this all these like weird stuff that you could do with the game boy advance gamecube link and all that and that's why that got in there and also i was thinking about which racing games i liked the most you're probably thinking about mock rider too and i created chaos rider which is supposed to be the, the best racing game ever but you can only play it in a specific way so well, you have that uh, NES software. You can maybe make it. Put it on yeah, that was a sign from the heavens. I could. Yeah. Your game was delivered unto you. In the in the dream, I found it at a Super Monkey Ball convention, which I really wish that existed. Wow. <laughs> it was a convention that, ju- <laughs> that was just based around the Super Monkey Ball games. So it was really cool. Imagine the traffic getting there. I mean, all the balls rolling all over the place, the whole freeway tilting all over. That'd be crazy. Well, I mean, it was mostly the uh, everybody there was cosplaying as, you know, as balls, as monkeys and balls. So it was fun to so watch. So it's like a Flaming Lips concert everywhere. Sure. Um, <laughs> I just imagine the show floor is very, like, convoluted and weird, like, shaped. So you're, like, trying to, like, look at the games and they're, like, just falling out. <laughs> Everybody's like, where's Hall 2A? They're going all over the place, knocking into each other. I hope they wouldn't do that. You gotta watch out for speeding balls. It wasn't that mean. Like, where, where it's, like, the levels for Monkey Ball, where there's just, like, just stuff, like, going back and forth and yeah things just ready to just like knock you out of the out of the convention at any time like get out of here goals on half pipes that's one of my favorite things in monkey ball i think they were going to do a panel on a uh, monkey ball adventure and how that was a, how that game was always good and nobody really knew <laughs> i should buy that game again if i could find it on the cheap and give it another round i'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it on the cheap well maybe for well, maybe not. You never know. So I, I think that one might be one of the more rare ones. But then again, I bet the tilt and tumble or whatever is, or not, whatever the hell it's called, tilt and roll. I bet that's a, a rare game, just no one cares. The one that was on 3DS? Or no, I have the one that's on 3DS. The one that uses the uh, balance board. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't even know that existed until you got it. So mm-hmm. so maybe. But I, I think I actually did look up the price of Super Monkey Ball Adventure, and I think it's still pretty low. So I don't have to worry about getting it again. <laughs> I could buy it and get disappointed again for the first time. Oh, you can buy it for $17 with box. So, Oh, and that's the PSP version. Wow, it was on PSP. 
Twelve twenty nine for GameCube. No, no, didn't see any with boxes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This isn't a Super Monkey Ball episode. This is a race racing episode where we're gonna Jeremy. For anybody on the video, Jeremy brought all of his racing games out here just to kind of throw a dart and see which one lands on what. You got them all to look at. It's you my can be notes. Like, yeah, it's my physical notes. Which one is which? You can hold them and remember which one brings you love or something. They make my heart race. But don't, <laughs> but don't throw any of them away. So I guess we can get started with the racing games that we played or that we like. I guess we could talk about what our experiences with them and that sort of thing. I left mine blank because I like to be mysterious on on which games I chose here. There's I guess there's sort there's sort of a theme to them maybe, but let's just start it off. I'll start off with my number 5 game that I think should come to Switch is Wave Race Blue Storm on GameCube. Yeah, any Wave Race game, perfect. Yeah, Blue Storm was good too. Well, Wave Race, I don't want to say Wave Race 64 because I think there's a very high chance that that game's going to show up on Expansion Pack because Definitely. it's a Nintendo game and it's been on every other virtual console ever. But Wave Race Blue Storm is the forgotten sequel to Wave Race. It was a GameCube launch window game and it's really cool. And we need to see more GameCube re-releases on Switch or remakes or remasters or whatever. And it plays really well. And I thought, I remember the thing I found the weirdest about the game was the, the uh, you know, you remember the weird announcer, the annoying announcer guy from Wave Race 64. That's like, okay, okay. Wave Race, yeah, no problem. Yeah, the guy who like talks to you. Well, that that's supposed to be like your manager that like talks to you through your ear while you're racing. And they have that same. I never knew that. They have that same thing in Wave Race Blue Storm, but they're all different depending on who you pick. So it'll be, so some of them are like, they have accents. Like I remember racing around and there was an Australian voice with an Australian accent that was like, oh, you know, get over there, get that. However, I'm not going to do any impressions here, but you know, and it just, it was weird to me. And then I finally realized that the guy that was talking to you was supposed to be your manager telling you like that it's okay to miss some of the cones because they do the same thing, except it's like GameCube version where everything's all like sounds better. And there's different voices depending on which character you pick because they would have different managers. So I thought that was really cool. That was a cool detail in there that explained why they were you know why the person was being so weird to you and the other one so <laughs> that was that was an interesting thing but no wave race blue storm looked great like it looked really really good for a gamecube game and it runs really well i should have i should have played it again like I, some of these i kind of ran through again last night just to to refresh mm-hmm. myself on it but i did not do wave race blue storm because i kind of just i guess i just kind of forgot about it and then remembered and i was like oh yeah that game's great so i so i added it on there because i originally had a different game a number five but put down the dates i mean i said it was a it was a gamecube launch game so it came out november 18th 2001 and i never i didn't get it until i bought it later when it was on the cheap at gamecube at, at gamestop because that's how i bought a lot of these games later like because well because you know it came out for 60 and i obviously couldn't afford it when the gamecube came out but i remember buying it for under 20 at some point maybe even 10 at the clearance aisle at gamestop and for anything i do miss that at, at, at gamestop where like i think i got it at the mall at a mall somewhere i just went to gamestop to go see like which games were on sale because i had just got paid for some movie or something that i was working on some smaller one i think i bought wave race blue storm and i also bought 1080 avalanche for like 20 dollars for both of them and it was it was pretty great yeah those are kind of like sister games wave race and 1080 yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they, I think 1080 Avalanche came out later, but yeah, no, I mean, they're both sequels to 64 games that were really popular, and I guess... did they, they both have, was it 1080 or was it Wave Race or both, that had some kind of weird uh, new control mechanism where you had to spin the, the stick? I don't know about that. I don't remember. I mean, in, in Wave Race, there are moves that you do by 
by spinning the stick in a circle as did our actual um, stunt moves. But that's that's in 64. But I, I think I, there was something in 1080 about balance where you had to use the stick for balance or something. Oh, probably. I mean, the, yeah. the, the best thing I remember about 1080 Avalanche is that you can unlock a, an NES controller as your board that you can ride on. Oh, and, yeah. and, and whenever you jump, it makes the Mario jump noise. And so it, it makes sounds from the NES game. So that's cool. That was, that was probably the coolest thing about the whole game. Plus, there's like the avalanche races where the where the snow is falling behind you and you have to like go faster. Otherwise, you'll die. So those are cool. But yeah, the me, me finding the NES board that I didn't even know about in the game was like my highlight of that of that game it had a it had like a licensed soundtrack too with like actual indie bands on there which i thought was really interesting for a nintendo game like i think like uh boy sets fire was on there or something like that it was like actual like popular indie music from that time was on the soundtrack that was interesting but yeah wave race blue storm is really good and uh i feel like everybody forgot about it they definitely forgot about the they forgot about the series much quicker than they forgot about f-zero i think just a little bit just a little bit quicker but bring back wave race or at least bring back wave race 2 or I guess that's technically three, because there was a Wave Race on Game Boy, Game the original, Boy, right? the first one. But Wave Race Blue Storm, yeah, do that shit. Oh, there was a, I didn't know that. The original Wave Race was on the Game Boy, huh? Yeah, it was a top-down yeah, racing like game. a couple of months. The only... Not by much time, yeah. It came out first. I don't think it was... I don't know. The first time I saw it was somebody at high school playing it, because I didn't, I didn't know it existed. How are the water physics in it? <laughs> I don't know. I never played it. <laughs> and it's not It's not a couple months. It's more like seven years is, is the difference between those two. John. Was it? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Wave Race. I mean, that's came, like, what, Wave, 84 months? Wave Race came out in 1992, and Wave Race 64 came out in oh, okay. 96. Actually, not seven it's years. It would be more like five years or something. Four. 96, yeah. So four years apart. I was going to say, I don't think they came out months apart because <laughs> Wave Race 1 is very, 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 um, what, what would you call it? Old looking. Old. Very archaic. You know, it is weird that Nintendo would forget about Wave Race because that's when they showed off their, you know, they flexed on how good they are with water. And Nintendo's always right. been good with water and 3D space. And starting there on the 64, I mean, obviously looking back at it now, it's not quite as impressive, but at the time, it was pretty cool. Yeah, don't you kind of miss the days when it was like one, when the game kind of had one thing that was cool about it? It's like, oh yeah, this one has great water. <laughs> Play it for its water physics. Now everything should have water physics, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, it has better water physics than a lot of modern games. Like Pokemon has no water physics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Pokemon never really has. There's too much of it, but not enough physics. No physics. All right, I'm good on on Wave Race Blue Storm. Cool. Well, my number five, I thought it's kind of a softball, but we all know this game, and I think, well, at least Trey, I know. I said no sports games. Stop trying to include your, ba- oh, your baseball. <laughs> trying to bring in your... But you uh, race around the bases. <laughs> trying to bring your Ken Griffey Jr. baseball in here. No, uh, this is the one. Diddy Kong Racing, which has been re-released. I think it was on the Game Boy Advance, right? DS? Or was it? No, the DS. It was the DS. It wasn't on the Game Boy Advance. That doesn't make sense. I would have loved to see it run on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> that, that would have been cool to see the their version of it on there. It probably would have could have had some polygons still, you know? Maybe some sprite characters, but they could make it work. I wish we would have seen more stuff in this. So it's like, for anyone who doesn't know what Diddy Kong Racing is, it's literally that. Diddy Kong's the mascot. It's got a bunch of rare characters in it, but it doesn't have like, it's not just the Donkey Kong characters. Like it's a crowd, you know, it's, I think Conker's in there. Conker is in and, there. Yeah. He, his first appearance, I think. Yeah. This was is there. before he was. <laughs> before he got raunchy. Know, <laughs> adulty. He hadn't hit his adolescence yet. He was just still in the racing cars. But one cool thing about, well, there's a couple cool things about this game. One, you can fly in it. There's yeah. different kinds of vehicles. So there's like a hovercraft, there's cars, and then I think planes. I think that's all. Yeah, it's planes. It's planes and yeah, the hovercraft and. And so 
you would see that in Mario Kart later, yeah, except they just have your stuff change on the fly, whereas you can choose at the beginning of the course what kind of vehicle you want to use, and it kind of changes the course a little bit. And uh, you can also, I think you can, I don't know if you can mix and match. I think everybody has to use the same vehicle once you choose one. But but the other cool thing about this game is it's got an adventure mode. I mean, it's got like a pretty good looking polished adventure mode. And, it, you know, you've got uh, Rare working on it. So Banjo-Kazooie fame there. They made it very Banjo-Kazooie-ish looking, even though it came out before that game, didn't it? Yeah, it came out a year before Banjo, so what am I talking about? But just imagine that level of polish of a Rare game on the 64. It looks really nice. Um, it's got bosses. There's bosses in the adventure mode, and you can kind of drive around a quote-unquote open world on your car. You never, you can never get out of your car. But I don't know. It was just a really novel concept at the time, an adventure racing game where you actually just traveled around and talked to NPCs and they gave you ideas of what you need to do. I think there's hidden items you can find on the maps. There's whole like hidden worlds, I think. And it's also kind of like, isn't it? It's kind of similar to Banjo-Kazooie, right? Where you, you you unlock stuff that help you unlock doors, like like a, yeah. whatever their race equivalent is of Jiggies, like there's where you need like a certain amount of them to get in certain things. And I remember there's races where you have to collect coins as well. Oh, and, those are getting really win. hard. That's the part that I I remember hating making yeah i never beat i never fully beat the game because of those parts so maybe if they did re-release it maybe make it a little easier yeah (laughs) or have a difficult an easy difficulty possibly yeah the coin part was really ridiculous because yeah they should just let you i think uh, horizon chase turbo has a has a coin collecting thing in it as well on switch but you don't have to like once you collect the coins you're fine like i don't think you have to collect the coins and win or like you can collect the coins and get like third and still have the coins count as collected no, you don't have to get first, so they make it a little bit easier. But still, yeah, I remember that. What? This came out the same year as Mario Kart. Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it did not. It it I, it was it was 97, and I'm I thought Mario Kart was 96. Mario Kart came Maybe out the same. It was it was launch window, but it wasn't. It was launch, launch window, or it was um, it was really close because I remember. Mario, yeah. I remember playing Mario Kart 64. Well, we didn't get this until this came out in November of 97. Yeah, Mario US. Kart was... I think it was February or March of 97 for Mario okay. Kart. Mario Kart was February of 97. Yeah, because I remember it was beginning of the year after the 64 had launched because I remember playing it because I got my 64 for Christmas and I felt like I hadn't had it for very long when I started playing Mario Kart because a friend of mine got it. And that was that was my first Mario Kart game. And that was probably the one I played the most. Maybe I don't know. I played eight a lot. But yeah, it was it was after Mario Kart, so it was like, how do we how do we do better on that, or how do we make it snazzier? But the the main thing that like I really loved about it that you were talking about is uh, how everything was connected. You're in a world. You can drive to things, and the bosses, of course, is a huge thing. Which you which you sort of had in Mario Kart DS with the mission mode, which that's something you should bring. They should bring back. I don't know why they abandoned that. That was really really fun. Where there, where there were bosses and you could fight like bullies and stuff like that in the game. That's why that one was my favorite Mario Kart for a really long time. Oh, yeah. So there was, hmm, yeah. So there was, uh, when Microsoft acquired Rare, they were in the midst of making a new Donkey Kong racing game, it looks like. But it, yeah, it got shelled or it got the assets got reused. And then likewise, there was going to be a game called Diddy Kong Pilot. I think you might remember this on the Game Boy Advance. But that also got canceled or it got turned into Banjo Pilot. That's right. Because Microsoft bought them and then changed it to Banjo Pilot. One, one thing so I, there was kind of a sequel to it, but not really. One, one thing I wanted to put on my list just because it's it's one of those things that did come out, but not in the right way was um, this is kind of in the same area, but Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. Do you remember that game? Yeah. 
it was going to mm, be a racing yeah. game when you play it with it. You played with the Diddy, with the Donkey Kong barrels, but unfortunately, it didn't release until Wii, and you had to play it with motion control, and it never worked as well as it ever would have with the barrels. And there's no barrel support on it, so that's kind of a, a make believe one that I would love. I, I wanted, I would love if that game was re released with barrel support, and you could actually play it the way it was supposed to be played. And now, hey, we, yeah. we might have a future uh, expansion pack topic on our hands, like canceled games that or whatever didn't games come out. that could have yeah. been, yeah, 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 vaporware didn't come out there the way or, or they did or they didn't come out with their original idea was especially this one like this was the main one that i was like because i remember seeing videos on it of ign and i was like wow that looks awesome and it never came to be well it did but not in the way it was intended it's 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 a shame that they didn't leave the barrel support on there i mean the, the we had fucking game gamecube you know ports on there you could play it with the gamecube controller you could still hook them up and just you know may do put that as an option like it's weird what do you mean by barrel support the the bongos, donkey, right the donkey kong bongos oh, oh yeah okay oh did i say barrel that's what i mean bon- bongo support, barrel support. Yeah. i think i knew what you meant but. bongo support yeah <laughs> i have a uh, my brain confuses words that start with the same letter a lot what i'll say i mean you, they're made out of barrels i get it yeah so barrel bongos you know what i mean you can play barrels like bongos it's yeah, true. Bongo support, especially if you're a big old monkey, is what is what I meant. So yeah, I would. You, they could have included that on there, but they didn't. But no, I would. I I I mean, I I hope that we'll see Diddy Kong Racing at some point expansion pack. Even though I played it, I played it a couple years ago, and I didn't love it as much as I remembered loving it. But I'll still play it again if they put it on Switch. Like I'd like to try to get those coins again. I just remember being in a lot more, being in a, making. I remember it being a lot more difficult than I remembered. When I, when I returned to mm. it, I was like, wow, this game's hard. <laughs> like, not really, you know, it was kind of hard for me to get into again, I guess, because I was just really bad. So maybe when it's portable, I'll have more time to practice on it. Yeah, bring it, at least bring it to the to the expansion pack and maybe even give us a true sequel. That's what I hope for. With barrel bongo support. <laughs> and make sure there's barrel support. Yeah. <laughs> it's like back support, but for your barrels. My number five is a PC game called Midtown Madness. This came out in 1999. Are either of you familiar with this game? No. Sounds familiar. So this was my first experience with a 3D Grand Theft Auto, basically before Grand Theft Auto 3. Imagine Grand Theft Auto 3, but without all the running and gunning, and it's just the cars and driving stuff, and it's a, a racing focus. That's that's basically what it is. Trey was talking about, remember when games had one thing that was special about them. In this game, the special thing was you could opt to not really race and just drive around and crash into stuff. The emphasis was on the crashing and the realistic physics. That was just so cool that you could uh, choose to drive off the course and just go mess up the town. And the town, by the way, was Chicago. So that adds an extra layer to it yeah i saw that that's that's cool yeah i never even heard of it yeah it's called technically midtown madness chicago edition and uh i mean they they didn't have other editions but that's just what they called it because they wanted to also emphasize the fact this is like a real city you could drive around in and it was for for the time it was pretty pretty impressive to think like i've been to chicago on vacation before with my family and i recognize that there's the that it was the sears tower they have the um the the picasso uh, installation and all these recognizable Chicago landmarks. Um, and then I also ended up playing that game because I got it in 1999. Uh, you know, I went to college in Chicago in 2001. So I can remember trying it on my PC and driving around in Chicago. I'm like, I'm in Chicago being in a virtual Chicago. And I thought that was really cool. So I look forward to that playing that game all the time. It was again, Grand Theft Auto without all the gunning stuff before Grand Theft Auto really became a thing. And looking back on it now, I think it would be interesting to to give it a try again. Of course, I got no way to run it. Um, and I don't know what value it would have today, just because I think that's what how people would see it as 
you know, where's all the, the guns and all the stuff that makes GTA cool. So I, I don't know. I would, I would personally like to see it on switch. I don't, I just don't, I don't know if it, how it would stand out today, but for me, it would just be a total nostalgia thing. I mean, it was, it was published by Microsoft, so maybe they right. could bring it back. And there were actually two sequels that did, that mm-hmm. did take place in different areas. There's a Midtown Madness two and three and Midtown Madness two is London and San Francisco. And then three is Paris and Washington, D.C. So they did do sequels in different places. I was like, if they were going to make a specific Chicago one, they should call it like Downtown Destruction or something like that and make it about like an actual neighborhood because there isn't a midtown in Chicago. So that's kind of weird to start with, but whatever. But yeah, it was a it, it was like computer only, but it was re-released for Xbox later. So mm-hmm. it did make it to consoles, but that's it. It was it was released in 2003. That was the sequels. The, the original was 99. Oh, no, I thought it was I thought it was re-released in 2003. No, uh, Mid- Mid- Midtown Madness 3 was on Xbox in 2003. The other really cool thing that I remember about this game is that uh, I had a controller that I got for my birthday, which was really, it seemed to me really advanced for the time. I felt like, uh, you know, uh, like I wanted to show my friends whenever they came over. I thought this was so cool. It was called the Sidewinder and it had gyro support. Like it was the first commercial controller, I believe, that had gyro support ever in 1998. Maybe it came out or maybe it came out. Maybe, I don't know. Um, just the thought of being able to tilt the controller to control the car, it just felt really, really cool, really futuristic. And I remember that it actually, today, like the form factor of it was really comfortable too. It was probably one of the best controllers that ever fit in my hands. I have large hands and it felt like the best controller that I had at the time, as far as that goes. So I really enjoyed the Sidewinder support for Midtown Madness. And uh, side note, there's another game that I was talking, that I was considering too, it was called Motocross Madness which actually came with the Sidewinder. Uh, so I, those two games are tied in memory to, to me around the Sidewinder. Yeah, so I, I almost selected that game, but I opted for Midtown Madness because I thought uh, it, it did sort of foretell the way that those sort of open city driving games would end up going. Another thing that was tied to this game is this game was made by Angel Studios, which also became Rockstar. So that was so it, so it was oh, a, it go. was a yeah. Rockstar game originally. <laughs> And Angel, no Studio- An- mm-hmm. Angel Studios also did the special effects for the Lawnmower Man movie, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, so, so there you go. But yeah, that was another company that became Rockstar. Like I know there was a there were other ones that went in there as well. But yeah, the company that made this became Rockstar. So there you go. It already was Grand Theft Auto before Grand Theft Auto. So yeah, now that you mentioned, I remember hearing that a, wh- a while ago, and uh, I was watching a video of Midtown Madness the other day. And I was just thinking about how when the way the cars move. Like the way you could see, like if you were turning around a corner, you could see the the body of the car sort of shift. You know, where it's like the wheels would stay in place on the road, the the car would actually shift around. And everything that just looks so much like Grand Theft Auto Three, and that was another thing that just made it feel so real at the time. Because it's like, oh, the the body of the car is actually kind of sep- modeled separate from the wheels, and it has weight and gravity to it, and it tilts and shakes a little bit. Uh, you could do damage to the car specific to where the car got hit it wasn't just like previous games where you hit the car three times and it explodes or something like mm-hmm. no like the mirror would fall off and you'd have progressive damage on the car in that way it was just so cool i love that game and tom madness bring it back and you'd have to actually call your insurance agent and file a claim. yep <laughs> yeah it's crazy you gotta leave a the note was nuts. try to find the other card leave a note on it with your number they always um i feel like racing games and specifically just games with cars in them are a way that we've always seen graphics pushed at first, like where they make things seem realistic, more realistic, because just think of like Gran Turismo when they added, like you could see like the reflections of the sunlight Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, you just like, that's kind of where I think a car is a great 
thing because it's not a we're not going to get an uncanny valley from a car model in it being right. rendered super realistically so they've been able to do some really cool stuff and yeah i think you're right i think you're gonna see prototypes or kind of indications of the future of gaming and racing games to an extent oh yeah it makes sense because it's something familiar so that we can all go mm-hmm. wow that looks like so improved over the last generation but it's not mm-hmm. as familiar as a human face where you're just genetically programmed to be super skeptical i think i think the way that racing games are made it also helps you to like push the graphics but you don't have to push it as much as you would in like a 3d game because it's like because you only see it from certain angles Mm -hmm. so i'm sure there's ways to do that or you're just going by it really fast i mean because like mario kart 8 is still like the best looking game on switch or one of them you know Mm -hmm. and it's like and it's a wii u game you know it's it still blows my mind every time i play that game i'm like wow this game looks really good also another game that i will say later in my list that i won't say yet it's also like, oh, wow, this game still is the best looking game on this system. So, I mean, it's maybe the way that it works because you don't actually have to walk around can help you like optimize it in a certain way that it can really, really pop and look really, really good. Yep. So along that same line, I just wanted to say one more thing about Angel Studios tying back to Nintendo is they actually worked on Ken Griffey Jr., the the 64 games. Here comes your agenda. You're trying so, to tell me on. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, the 64 games. And they also worked on Resident Evil 2 for 64. So that's One cool. of the most legendary games ever as far as like cramming so much into such a small space. Yeah, and they also worked on like uh, Echo Tides of Time, which I think was a Sega CD game. Mm-hmm. Or no, maybe that's a regular second. Dreamcast. It was Dreamcast. Yep. Whatever. But uh, they did they did stuff for that. Well, it said Tides of Time was ninety four, so that's so that wouldn't be Dreamcast. Oh, I think that, no, was, that was regular. Two. Or no, it was Sega CD. I'm right. No, oh yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, I forgot I, it was a Sega CD. That's what I figured. How could you? It's a wonderful, wonderful system. Hmm. Uh, also, when they when they uh, partnered up with Rockstar Games, they made a Midnight Club, was kind of like a sort hmm. of a spinoff of Mid of Midtown Madness, and then they were fully bought by the studio in 2002 so they became one with rockstar in 2002 so been there ever since but if rockstar or whatever i guess they did do that crappy uh grand theft auto trilogy port to switch so maybe they can give us a midtown madness version but one that's better than that <laughs> that, that uh, i guess they've been adding stuff to it and john's playing, been playing call it, it o'hare so. madness so it'll be so i'm sure it's, it's gotten better of that but yeah no I, I would play that game especially the chicago side of it i hope it looks better than it did in cruising usa because chicago is not well represented in that game <laughs> it's basically like the sears tower is like on top of uh, lower whacker and you like drive under it and it's like it's like it's not like that <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's very quick like everything is all connected and it's kind of funny how it's connected to this tunnel that's not not actually there nothing right. you know of lower whacker all right <laughs> i bet lower whacker is a weird place feels like a like a strange disney ride sometimes hey hey you it's me mario yeah you <laughs> subscribe to our patreon to hear our bonus shows which happen every month i'm a tired tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon feeding you the same old video game news on every single show ah spaghetti Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. 
It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! Whoa! 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 He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Ah! Ah! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over!